What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Luke Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Brad and Daryl, and doing something different this week. So, uh, due to some scheduling issues, Kalai already put out about a half hour's worth of a solo episode where she was like, hey, I'm the last man standing, and I guess I'm going to have to do the episode for the guys. I was traveling. Each and every October, you guys know if you've listened to Luke Bros Podcast for any amount of time, that in October, it's mine and my wife's anniversary, and we travel in October. So I always miss one of the shows around the uh, October 19th. That's typically standard. I'm, I'm not going to be there that one, whatever week we record because we travel either week before or week after. And so this past episode is no different. But unfortunately, due to sicknesses, scheduling issues, and work, you know, it was just Kali left over. So I felt bad leaving her hanging. I do appreciate the fact that she jumped on there and knocked out the episode. So what I figured I would do this week is come in here and add another smaller solo episode. But I want to try a few different things. Okay, so what we're doing right now, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see we actually have a video version this week. That's right. You get to see my ugly mug rocking my Resident Evil hoodie. Because this week is super special. Not only is it mine and my wife's 15-year marital anniversary and 21 years together, but this week, we got a Silent Hill showcase and a Resident Evil showcase. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to save those things. I'm actually going to record a special episode for Patreon just reviewing those conferences and the things that were announced. I haven't even watched them yet. Okay, so we came in from our travels, had a hellacious week of work, and I decided to take what little bit of free time I have this week to give you guys another episode of the podcast. So what I want to do is I want to pick up as if this was just me tackling the week, Kalai's already done the backlog beatdown, and Kalai has already done the the trophy counts for the week. So I'm not going to do those today. What I am going to do is I'm going to do a normal run of the show. I'm even going to jump into some of these awesome community questions that we got, talk about what I've been playing, go over a few games, and give you guys an update on things going on with the Patreon and the uh, Loot Bros. It keeps being called Game of the Month Club, even though we don't play a game every month. There, <laughs> but I mean, hey, we're gonna go with the 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 Loot Bros Game Club, the Loot Bros Game of the Month Club, whatever you want to call it. So, and I am trying out video for the first time. I don't like being on camera. Okay, you guys, I've been doing this show for a long time, and we started off streaming the show live. Never, never, never. I've never liked being on camera. And what you're going to see is I'm not good at camera. So I'm looking at it as much as I can. I've got my lighting and all that set up. And the lighting's not great in this room anyways. But I've got a window to my right, a window to my left, and then one in front of me. So you'll see me look over. I've got my document in front of me, and I'm going to do my best to make this not suck. Okay? So what I would like to know, though, is if those of you guys that watch this on YouTube, which is only a handful of people, but that's okay. If you want more video episodes, let me know. I'm going to edit this one out. I'm going to try to make it, you know, uh, I'm going to make it good. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to make it suck. But Zach and I have been talking about doing a little bit more video content for the show. We have a, a contest going on between us right now to find uh, the most rare game, and there will be a little bit of a breakdown, the most rare horror game found in the wild. Uh, um, during the month of October. Now we do have a couple caveats. So we are not we're not allowed to use Amazon or eBay. Okay, can't use Macari or uh, Shop Goodwill online. The idea was that we could use Marketplace to work with people, and we could use go to local video game stores, things of that nature. So what I have is I've got 
maybe if I edit it down, I've got to, I'm going to try to keep it between the 15, 20 minute mark, but I've got about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour of actual footage of me and my boys going to yard sales, flea markets, things like that, and sifting through all the games. Now, at the time of this recording, it's only October 21st. Now, I did make a Facebook marketplace deal, and I have some games super excited about, but I still want to keep going. I want to see what my week turns into. I did find something less than the $20 mark, and it's been pretty awesome. So I've got a handful of things like that. But basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to edit out this video. There'll be a, a beginning and an end. And I don't know if you if you guys have ever watched like uh, the Bearded Thrift Machine or Commonwealth uh, or all these, these these YouTube channels where people go to yard sales, flea markets, and, and things of that nature. And they just sift through everything. They find really cheap things. They flip them on eBay and some of these online stores. And they show you what their breakdown was and what they what they paid. I'm fascinated by that stuff. I finally found out all my years of, of being exposed to YouTube and even having content on YouTube. I've never been a huge fan of any of this stuff. I've never found like the thing for me that makes me watch YouTube. Until now, I am all about these these shows, and I'm all about uh, watching these videos. And as a matter of fact, on vacation, I just watched hours of them. Just like I was chipping away at a game on my Vita, and it was like, oh man, I'm watching this dude sift through yard sales and come up with crazy finds. And what was really cool is I did the I did I did that. I actually went through the yard sales, and I've I bought an action cam. I've actually got it over there. I bought an action cam to strap like a GoPro, essentially, but a 4K. I, I don't know. It's probably not great. I, I'm I'm not really 100 percent sure. Uh, but I don't have a strap for it yet, and um and I, so I I got it, and I was kind of playing around with it. But I actually just took my iPhone 11 and I just kind of like had it up like this, like I was just sifting and looking and I was just videotaping everything that I saw. And I was videotaping, I say videotape, that's such an old, I was recording, you know, our time together, me and my two boys, and we went around trying to find a bunch of stuff. So we're going to continue to do that for the rest of the month. And they're super excited because I'm making a YouTube video and they're going to be a part of it. So this might be something we do more of. And I think that what will make us different than everybody else doesn't mean people are going to watch it. But what is different is I'm going to kind of gear things towards the podcast. I have become a little bit of a of a of an eBay reseller lately. Uh, I haven't tried my car yet. I've got some things I want to list. I've been selling stuff on Facebook Marketplace. But since I've been working from home and since I've, I've been downsizing my collection, which I've been talking about with you guys for several weeks now, I've gotten to where I kind of enjoy selling and flipping these items like it used to be i just bought and bought and bought and bought and bought and uh, i'll give a shout out to jared friend of the show for always giving me a hard time for just buying obscene amounts of games and things i'll never play and i still have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds like don't get me wrong i've got shelves full but i have sold um i've probably sold four we'll say 400 is a nice round number 400 500 games uh since like june like I've sold a lot, and and some of them I sold in bulk, some of them I sold individually, and I've been selling a decent amount of stuff on eBay lately, and I've I've gotten to where I kind of enjoy it. It's fun for me. So, uh, doesn't mean I'm going to be some you know big re- eBay guy. I don't know that I'll ever go that route. I don't know that I'll go much farther outside of video games, comics, action figures, the things that are already of my interest. But it gives me an incentive while I'm out hunting to look for things and maybe pick up other things that I wouldn't necessarily buy that I've passed on, flip them on eBay, get a couple more dollars, buy more stuff, 
get a couple more dollars. So that's what I'm doing. So what I'm going to start doing actually is I'm actually going to put my eBay store link in the in the show notes. Um, you guys feel free to ignore it. Doesn't matter. I just was thinking, I was like, you know what? I've been talking about this a little bit more, and I've been making deals with people. As a matter of fact, every time I make a deal with someone, I try to mention the podcast. You know, and actually, we're going to have a guest on here uh, for the Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, Tsushima uh, show that I met making a Facebook deal, and I told about the podcast, and uh, and he's he's super excited to come and talk about ghosts because he's he's played the fool out of the game, and so we're going to have a very awesome cast of new and all returning guests for the Ghost of Tsushima. Sushima, I can't. I don't even know. I can't say that today. Uh, podcast on November third. That is our Loot Bros Game of the Month slash Game Club um, game, and I'm really excited about it. And going and doing the buying and the selling and the reselling and all that stuff has has introduced me to a lot of new people. And I've been sending them to, you know, towards the show. So we're super excited about that. Something else I kind of want to say, I guess, in the form of announcements and things that are going on is, I have signed up to be a vendor at a game sale slash trade exchange also in November. So Thursday night, we'll do our ghost of Tsushima uh, podcast. And then Saturday I'll do my first vendor. Like, you know, I'm going to set up a table. I'm going to bring a bunch of statues, a bunch of games, a bunch of comics and things like that. And it's a buy, sell trade kind of get up and I'm going to try it out. We'll see what happens. So again, Dipping my toe into being a reseller and dipping my toe into into dabbling in that stuff. I've got enough stuff to start my own store. Um, and I really considered it. I really considered opening up a shop, you know, the Loot Bros Game Exchange. And, like, having a brick and mortar so that people can come in, buy, sell, trade, and all that stuff. And then I could also run my mortgage business out of it. Something, you know. But I, I really enjoy talking with people buying games trading games selling games and i've i've actually met and you know picked up a couple leads for my mortgage business you know just meeting and talking with guys cuz hey gamers need houses too so we'll see what happens uh, again i just kind of want to put that stuff out there all of you guys that follow the show and follow us and what we do some of you guys jump into all this stuff and we really appreciate that. So I want to put it out there that, Hey, we're going to do a little bit more video stuff. Here's kind of the themes and what we're working on. Uh, Zach and I have been kicking around this idea of challenging each other because there's things that he's doing right now. There's, there's sets and, and collections of games and things that he's searching after. And we're kind of keeping our eye out for each other. And so uh, it's been cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to put, you're just going to put a camera on right here and, and videotape the whole thing. And then maybe we'll we'll come up with some interesting content for you guys to watch. If nothing else, when we have these dumb little competitions between us that we shoot to each other messenger and stuff, we can at least put it on video for you guys to see. And, you know, maybe it's interesting to you. Maybe it's not. We'll find out. All right. So that's the update on the YouTube stuff. Um, Zach has been pledged to play Streets of Rogue by our Patreon producer, Redbeard Rick. We're super excited. I know Zach's been playing it. Unfortunately, Zach has had to work late. He's been on call on, on some of the past, previous shows. So hopefully the guys are going to get together this weekend to do an episode, and you'll be able to hear his his thoughts on that game so far. So that's, that's where we're at. That's kind of the most recent announcements as far as the show goes. So now it's toast time. That's right. Each and every week, we toast to something cool in gaming, something awesome in the show, news, things of that nature. And 
you know, each and every week. We also toast our Patreon producers. So for the month of October, we are uh, giving a shout out of toast to my name is Effing Mayo, MZ Effing Nitro, Sadic, and Redbeard Effing Rick. Check that out, Tricky. Not only can you hear me slurp it, but now you can watch me slurp it. All right, so here we go, guys. No, it's like, as soon as I get in front of the microphone, all of a sudden my sinuses start going crazy and I start falling apart. All right, so uh, this past week on Loot Rose Podcast, I did not, I was not able to come on to the show. So I want to start off with just telling you guys a little bit of update on what I've been playing. Obviously, Ghost of Tsushima, I have beaten Act 1. And so far, I'm loving the game. Like, I know I've got a long ways to go to meet our deadline. I might be the one that doesn't actually make it across the finish line, but I can't mainline the game. I can't do it. Like, I've been playing the game, and I just enjoy the side quests. Like, I enjoy getting lost in the world. And and, and to be fair, my work schedule has been so insane, and the files that I've been dealing with have been awful. Like, just god-awful. So... I've been very, very stressed. So I have not sat down and played Ghost on all of my game time. I just, I, I like, there's been, there's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I've, I've never had, typically with work, it's always been when the workload goes up and the work stress goes up, I can just physically work harder and I can make the difference. So whatever the problem is, I can beat the problem physically. In this line of work, a lot of the problem is I'm waiting. Waiting on the next person in the process, waiting on the borrower to give me the documentation, waiting on the lawyer to give me a yes, no, maybe so, waiting on underwriting to say yes, we'll accept this. So a little bit behind the curtain how sausage is made. A lot of that waiting produces nervous energy. And so I've been working out and I've been like I can't if I've got like a file going on that's like there's a lot of problems and I may or may not I've been working forty hours, but I'm probably not gonna get paid a dime on it because it's not gonna go to the finish line. Which has happened twice this week. I've had two files die. It's been one of those things where I like I can't sit down and just wander around in Sushimo like, oh look how pretty the flowers are, look how great these environments are. Like I've been like I gotta freaking move. So my game time has been less than normal, and my work hours have been all over the place. Now, now that I got all my excuses out of the way, what I've done in the places I've been chipping away on my Vita. I can take my Vita and I can go get on the on the on the uh, uh, treadmill, and I can just kind of walk out that nervous energy. I'm playing the switch. I, I mentioned in our in our show notes, you guys don't see the notes, but in our show notes, we have a little section we call the loot log and what we've been playing. And I've had on there for like four weeks now. I've been playing the stinky switch, which stinky switch is something I heard on another podcast, but I like it. And I keep telling myself to talk about like, hey, you always dog and bag on the on the switch, but you've been playing that junk. And so I've been sitting, I've been getting up on my on my treadmill. And I set the screen up there, and I got I took I pulled. Now I've got a nice set of watermelon colored um, uh, Joy Cons. I don't love them. That's just what I got. But and I don't want to use those because my hands get sweaty, and I get sweaty when I'm when I'm exercising. So I have my yellow drifty Joy Cons. So I've been playing Resident Evil Six, and I might have briefly mentioned it. Like, and oh yeah, I forgot, but. I've been playing Resident Evil 6 on the Switch, and I've just pulled the Joy-Cons off, and as I've got a nice, good walking pace, I've been going through and killing zombies and flipping and rolling, and, and, and it's been a little difficult because in games where you have to move forward and you're also moving forward, it kind of throws your equilibrium off a little bit, and uh, yeah, I, I already 
I can barely walk without playing a video game, much less, you know, doing this. So it does make it a little weird, but I figured it out. And because my Joy-Con has so much drift in it, if I just let go, it's like a dang endless runner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like my, my Joy-Con keeps my players just going straight all the time. So I've been playing that, having an absolute blast, going through Leon's campaign. And the beginning of Leon's campaign is so freaking good, guys. Like it is the everything you ever wanted about like a an outbreak happening in real time in a zombie game. Like, like a lot of games, a lot of zombie games, you get the after the, the, oh, oh crap, this has already happened. Now we're dealing with what's you know, the world in a po- post-apocalyptic sense. In The Last of Us, you have like the beginning of the game, you have the outbreak happening and people in the town panicking and chaos breaking out. That's what's happening in the beginning of, of Leon's campaign in Resident Evil 6. And it is phenomenal. It literally... It's some of the best stuff in the Resident Evil series. Now, the game goes way off the rails, and it's got its own set of issues. Definitely not the best Resident Evil game, but it's so fun. So incredibly fun to play. Arguably one of the most fun games to play. Not scary, but fun. And so, and that is a problem in a survival horror genre with a fan base that's just ravenous for survival horror games. So, i um, been playing that, and I, I, I finished and platinumed Lego Lego Avengers on the PlayStation Vita. Now, I've been talking about this game a little bit, so I won't go too in-depth in it, but I will say this is a bit of a tedious game. It was a great Vita game to play, but I did not enjoy the story on this one and the pacing a bit on this game like, very much. Uh, but I liked it more... Once I started playing Lego Batman 2 again, because I've never finished that on the Vita, so I'm playing Lego Batman 2 right now, and it's so dated, and the, and, the, and the Lego combat is old, and the way you have to go get a suit, do a task, get a suit, do a task, like I, I'm like, man, I, I was over here kind of like not really digging Avengers, but once I go back, it's like, oh, wait a minute, Avengers is... That formula and that open world ability in that game is way better. So I actually think I like it more now that I'm playing an older Lego game than I did playing through the game. I did have a very bipolar experience, and I've been saying that a lot lately about games where it's like they're really, really hot for a minute, and then they're really not for a minute. And so with Lego Avengers, overall, it's a good game. I'm glad I got the Platinum, uh, but it's just not... Not the best game. Now, uh, you're going to see a little bit of a lighting change. And again, because I don't have a lighting rig set up over here. And I've got I got one of those little YouTube light lights somewhere in the house. I don't know what a freak I did with it. But I'm changing it. I keep everything on dark mode. So the reason why you've got a little bit of light coming up is because I've got this giant 32-inch screen about 6 inches from my face. And, and so, But I'm going to my PSN profiles. Because one of the things I've been working on is I want to have uh, beaten a hundred Vita games, and and I don't know why I just was like I was looking through and I think I had like seventy something games on here, and so I was like you know what I need to beat maybe I I, I mean and maybe I did maybe I got like maybe it was seventy something platinums I don't even remember either way I just started going through my PlayStation Vita list on PSN profiles and I was like man I am going to I'm going to I'm going to just go through. Let me get 100 platinums in Vita. I think that was actually what I was trying to get at earlier. But so um a Lego Marvel Avengers was one of those games. I was like I started it, didn't really care for it, and then I just came back and finished it, got the platinum. So right now, I've got two Vitas live and the way I've got it set up is I've got the OLED, the original Vita, 
in a an, an actual grip. And I've got Lego Harry Potter set up on it. So that usually stays beside my bed. So at night, when I'm laying in bed, I can pick it up play. And then I've got Lego Batman 2 in my Slim that I carry with me everywhere I go. So that if I'm sitting in car line and I'm caught up on my meetings and caught up on my on my phone calls, I can just sit there and chip away at that one. So I'm kind of bouncing between two more Lego games. Now, I own all but one Lego game on the Vita. And so what I'm doing is I'm going to go through, I'm going to platinum all those games. I know that's easy to do. They're just time sinks and they're fun. Like the Lego games are, are genuinely fun. Some of them less fun than others, but I'm going to go through, get all the trophies, platinum those games, and then I'll have that entire set done on the PlayStation Vita. Now, I have this app that I keep telling you guys called Game Eye. Okay. And so under my games let's see here it is asking me to back up my games real fast let me do that real quick let's see replace the old list keep this one so here we go all right right now i can go to my game i list and i have 87 physical vita games okay so I've sold a few over the years that I wish I hadn't, and I've got a couple doubles. I actually have some triples. I actually ordered a... I found a, a copy of a game for like $5 on eBay, free shipping. And I was like, ah, why not? <laughs> Let me go ahead and get it. So what I've been doing is I've been just chipping away. As I pick up Vita games, I've been also trying to complete Vita games. And uh, that's kind of been my thing. That's been my little personal goal is as I'm finishing up this year, I don't think I'll hit 100 games beaten, switching jobs and careers and putting a lot of focus into it and have not having set gaming hours has changed a lot. And of course, my wife not working night shift. That's two to three nights a week. I would just game for hours. So I definitely won't hit my goal as far as the amount of games that I beat, but or platinums because I'm only I've only got 371 platinums right now. So I think I've just tied Tricky finally, and he's been at 371 for months. So so, but that's that's my goal right now. I'm just going to keep chipping away at these games, and I'll kind of you know. You know, talk about them a little bit here and there. There is one game in particular that I really want the platinum for, but it's very difficult and the frame rate is really bad. Um, it's called Night Cry. This is a third-person survival horror game on the Vita that it's got a little. It, it says it's got a point and click. Um, it says it's got a point and click like aspect to it. It really is more of a, uh, let's see, Fatal Frame, but like with a little bit of Silent Hill. Like that's kind of the the what I would uh, I would liken it to. But these the game is it's just it's difficult. I mean it's it's kind of hard to play. It's a little janky, and it's got that it's got the old school tank control kind of feel to it, but not not great. But the game, as far as I understand, was has only ever released on Vita. And so, uh, I absolutely adore the jank in it. Like, it's one of those things to where it's like, yeah, I can't recommend that you guys go pick this game up. And it was rather expensive. I think I paid like 40 bucks for it on the store and it never got a price, price drop. So I can't tell you guys, Hey, go pick this up. This is like really, really, you know, something you want to get. 
But if you love the janky survival horror games of the PS2 era, this is right up your alley. So um, there's multiple endings in the game. And uh, there's trophies for seeing four endings. There's trophies for seeing all endings. There's trophy for seeing uh, what they call one horror, 50% of the horror content, all the horror content, experience a game over, 50% of the game over content. So there's multiple paths. And that's why I say it's it's difficult. It's not only difficult because it's a little puzzly and it's it's very um it doesn't exactly tell you what's going you're, you're not really doesn't really tell you where to go per se uh it's got that old horror jank and the frame rate's kind of bad too so either way that is a game that i will be uh i would love to platinum that game by the end of the year i don't know that i will but that's another game that i'm kind of chipping away with but i gotta have like time to focus on that one you know uh that, that's a game that i I picked up. I want to love it. I don't know that it's lovable, but it's definitely it's got that that charm that I'm attracted to. So that's realistically all I've been playing the past two weeks. A couple Lego games. Um, I, I played you know some Ghost, and then I fired up a little bit of Nightcry, but I don't not really uh, didn't really get anywhere with it. I just I played it a little bit, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not in the right space for this. I gotta I can't sit by the pool play a night cry like i need headphones in i need it to be like no distraction i can't have oh dad i I can't i can't play night cry in car line like i gotta have i I need to be kind of sitting in a spot that's comfortable and focused so with that being said i'm gonna head over to the questions of the week from last week now you know, I, some of these questions might get answered multiple times by different hosts because they're good questions, and I kind of want to throw the, throw some stuff out there. Okay, so CJ writes in and he says, uh, "What do you make of the current loyalty programs for each console? Do you intend to make use of them?" And we'll stop right there. What do I think about the loyalty programs? I think they're cool. I think that uh, Xbox Rewards tying into Game Pass is a no brainer. It's a great incentive to keep you in, and then you know having you log in daily, having you pop achievements to get points, cashing points out for game, for in store credit, and or more game pass, keeping you in, treating it very much like a free to play model. It's like you could buy everything, or you could stay in our ecosystem long enough to earn things. I think that's beautiful. Now, Sony's loyalty program has changed. It used to be Sony Rewards, and it was kind of a third-party app that you could link your credit card to. You could get these, um, you could open up these like like challenges essentially to get tr- trophies, and those would cash into credit that you could earn on the store. Uh, and I, I made very very great use of that, popping trophies, buying. I was taking the credit that I was earning from knocking out these trophy challenges, and then I was buying the cheap. Right, I like a games, so I could get you know if I, if I got ten platinums, that was ten dollars, and then I would turn around and buy two right like a games, and then I'd be filling up my silver and my gold challenges because you have to get like um, two hundred fifty of one, a hundred of the other. I don't remember because it's been a little while, but essentially the right like a games helped me kind of churn through those to keep adding money and keep being able to buy cheap crappy games for just playing cheap crappy games. Okay, so uh, that was really cool. Now it's different. Now they've just unveiled the new system. It is built into the PlayStation app. It is built into the, the actual console your, with your profile and everything. And so now there's incentives on playing certain games, getting certain trophies. 
you get little digital goods, not NFTs. I think it's cool. I think it's incentive to keep you in the system. And I know maybe as a 37-year-old man, getting every single level, every single tier might not always be what drives me to, to play or to get back on. But I can imagine little Daryl playing PlayStation in school like um that would i would be so consumed with being the highest reward tier possible like like i would you know just or even i say even younger daryl i mean like you know, maybe maybe i will maybe i'll dive in i'm like only like a level 2 right now so i'm pretty pretty slack right now but earning it, you get rewarded for earning trophies you get rewarded for earning certain types of trophies that have like themes to them uh, buying games i bought a couple games off the storefront a couple more of those uh whales interactive games or I don't even know if Wales is the company that did it, but like there was a few of them on sale that I didn't own yet, so I picked them up and I got I got the the tier for for buying a game. So I think they're cool. Will I make use of them? About like everything else I do, I'll participate. I'll go hard for a, a day or two, back off for a little while. Um, which one do I find is the best value? Um, I think that right now probably Xbox has the best value when it comes to their reward system because it's. They've been doing it for a little while, you know. Um, Sony's is technically new because they changed the um, they changed you know, their system and their trophy passes and all that stuff. It's a little different now. I did forget to mention the the Nintendo reward system. And the Nintendo reward system is pretty simple, from my understanding. You guys can write in and correct me if I'm wrong. You buy games, you get credit. And there's been several times where I've bought games on on. Um, like little indie games, games that are on sale on Nintendo, and I earned enough coins to then buy a game for like three or four dollars. So, and I think adding any kind of reward system or kickback that incentivizes you to purchase on their storefront is is, is an is a positive. It's one hundred percent positive. You can't go wrong with that. Now, CJ also asked if we consider moving our purchases digital because of that. No, it's not for me. I'm still going to buy the way I buy. This might not be the case for everybody else. And I can imagine people who really take advantage of these people who really take advantage of the, of the digital storefronts and the game pass and uh, PlayStation plus systems. Um, I can imagine that being more of an incentive for them. I'm still going to buy my games outright physical as much as possible. Now, if I haven't opened a game and it's on sale for a few dollars on the store, it's a no-brainer. I'll buy it on the store, keep my copy sealed. One day, my copy will be very valuable. I'll give you an example, and I've said this on the show already, but Parasite Eve, I had a sealed copy of it. I already had the digital version because I owned the game when I was a kid. I already beat the game. So I never opened. I picked it up for 20 bucks at a flea market, sealed. And I just put it on my shelf. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I don't need to open this because I've, I bought the digital version. But I own the physical, so there's something ever happened, I own it. I own my original hardware. If the PlayStation Network went down or they said, hey, we're doing away with this or, or whatever, Google buys everybody up, you know, whatever. If I ever get locked out of my account, I own a physical copy that I can always go back to, and that's always going to be my default. As long as I'm allowed to buy physical, I will buy physical. But for five bucks, I get the digital copy, which I did, and I've got it on my PS Vita, I've got it on my PS3, I've got it on my PS TV, uh, and like I'm all about double dipping. I'm cool with that. There's a there's a ease of having the digital copy at a discounted price, and I'm I'm all for that. 
So, but my digital copy sat on my shelf for years. And when I first started dipping my toe into eBay, I was like, let me just see what I have. And I was like, well, I know this is a rare game. Let me look it up. It was going for like 200, 250 bucks, something like that. I put it on eBay and I was like, I mean, realistically, here's my dilemma. At this point in life, I'm never going to open that copy because it's still sealed. It's worth so much money. Now, what I could do is I could pick up a open copy. You know, I would never at this point, I just would never open it. I would just would never, I, would, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I couldn't now that I own it so many places. So I was like, the only reason I'm holding on to it sealed is because it's worth so much money. I paid $20. I sold it for $338 on YouTube. So that was one of the rare exceptions where the value of my physical good outweighed the need to ever open it. So then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'll just sell my copy and I'm rolling the dice here. I don't own a physical copy yet. I've bid on a few. I found one that that I was working on that I had it about 90 bucks. Uh, and then it ended up going up like 150. I said, like, I'm not doing that. 90 I didn't want to do. But I was playing around. I was I thought I was gonna scoop it for forty off of Shop Goodwill and someone kept going in there in the last couple minutes and I was like, Well I've got I don't know, like a hundred bucks on my PayPal. I'll go up to a hundred and at least they're not getting it for forty. Cause I, I I was like, I'm not if I'm not getting it for forty, they're not getting it for forty. So I just sat there and I was like, Well, I'll go up to what I have in my PayPal and that that's that's it. And so um that being said, no, I wouldn't switch to digital. I'm always going to buy physical, but there are instances where I buy and play the digital version so that I don't have to open the physical version. Same thing for my Ghost of Tsushima. It's not worth anything, but my day one copy is still in the wrapper. So it's kind of like, well, I'll just have it in there now. It might be worth 10 bucks. You know, that's a $60 game that has depreciated. But you know what? Mine's gonna be mine's gonna stay sealed. So it is what it is. So, uh, and then CJ also asked, why do the gold coins from the Switch feel so sweet? Because you're getting money back for your purchase. And if you if you really do the math, a three dollar game just costs you two dollars and seventy cent or two dollars and eighty cent, depending on the incentive. Because it feels like sometimes they give you more coins for your purchases for different ones. It's not like a one to one. But then again, it could just be that they're on sale. I don't know. I don't buy enough on there to really know, but I do buy enough to have used the credit to buy a game or two. As a matter of fact, I think I might have bought Agony with like for five bucks on the Switch store with my coins. And the Switch store gets all the indie games now. Like the the it used to be PlayStation and Vita were like where you went for indies. Like now, the Switch store is like the place to go for indie. So there's so many indie horror games that haven't come over. There are PC and, and Switch. So I just started buying them over there for a dollar or two a piece. Now, over the years, some of them have come over, and I can think about I can probably think about four or five right now. Like first person horror games that are not great by any stretch, but they existed, so I bought them. And and there's a, they're on the PlayStation Store now, but they weren't. Originally, there's one game called Heaven Dust that I really love. It's like Chibi Resident Evil. I really wish that would come to PlayStation. I want that Platinum. I want. I would love to play that game in Platinum. So I bought it on Xbox and I bought it on Switch, but it's just it's just not there yet. So, all right, I'm styling on your bro. Writes in says, "Who is pumped to play Gas Station Simulator?" Well, I enjoy playing the uh, Master Chief Collection. Uh, what it what what was it that made Halo so popular? Popular. 
The people overlooked their abysmal button layouts uh, all the way through Halo 4. I don't know. What was it? I don't know. Uh, this sentence didn't copy over so great. It's uh, lots of underlines, so excuse me for botching your write-in. Um, but you know what? What made Halo so popular? I don't think their button layouts are that bad. I think they have... I think they have gotten better over the years, just like any shooter. You know, originally, when shooters started, because I think the biggest thing about about Halo is their melee buttons have changed and their grenade buttons have changed, but you can always default it back. I feel like somewhere between Halo 3 and Reach, those things changed, but other things changed too because you got power-ups. You got like the... Um, uh, you got the, the the shield, and you got the dash, and all that stuff. So they might have changed the button layouts a little bit for that. It could have been a, and I'm not looking at the uh, at how they released and who released them. So it could have been like a here's the bungee setup the system, and then here's the three four three. I don't know. I've never even played Halo Four. Well, that's not true. I played Halo Four a little bit, like the first mission or two, and I played a little bit of the multiplayer. But Halo Four is like the biggest blind spot for me when it comes to. Halo. So I might not remember. There might have been a drastic button change to that one, and I don't know. But what made the games great? The games were great because they were epic. The stories were cool. Um, Master Chief was just like this superhero that just... And you, you got put in a world that just didn't exist before. It was cool. Uh, the multiplayer really carried it. You know, like the the, the split-screen multiplayer, the deathmatch... I mean, just playing online and playing a shooter, a very competent, fun shooter, playing with people, these giant maps. I mean, I spent so many hours of my life playing the Halo games. So, going back to them, and I've gone back to them the past few years, and, like, there's things that, like, didn't age well. Like, for example, the um, if you don't take care of your vehicle, there's such long distances you have to go from point A to point B that it gets boring, especially if you're on foot. It is very boring to the point of I couldn't like I tried to play through the entire Halo franchise with my oldest and I can't get him to stick with it because there's not in those original games there's not enough action you know he's so inundated with just boom 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 games right now just blow you away with action and and options and and, and everything is just like hitting that euphoria switch is like that dopamine hit so I don't know. I, I think they were great for their time, and I think that they, in, in my memory, Halo is still one of the greatest games. But Halo 2, Halo 3, I just I have such great nostalgia and such great feelings for those games. But then again, I haven't gone back through the Master Chief Collection because it was so broken. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't replayed them all the way. I think I might have beat the first Halo. I was working on the second one. I don't even think I loaded up the uh, the campaign for three yet i mean four i've never finished so i don't i mean i'm four is a blind spot for me and i keep putting it on the uh on the the uh game club hoping we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll get to play it together so or play it yeah as a, as, a, as a community so we'll see uh who's part to play gas station simulator to go back to that question not me pumping gas is one of my least favorite things to do in life so I'm not I'm not I'm not interested in pumping gas in a video game, but we'll see. We will see. All right, Gaz writes in and says, uh, "What do you make of the new additions to the PS Extra and Premium this month? Are you liking the way PS Plus Extra in particular is shaping up? Now that's been a few months since launch. 
For me, guys, I think that the amount of games they're adding is way more than I could ever play. I can't, I, I, it's too much for me, so it's great in that sense. The fact that they added all the Yakuza games, almost, I think every Assassin's Creed game is on there now. They added so many Dragon Quest games. Uh, and then the the they've gone, it seems like it's almost like a every other month now with the... Uh, with the the retro you know, games, that I really was hoping for more PSP, PS one, two, you know, three games, stuff like that. Um, that's been lacking overall, but I think that's pretty unanimous. But then again, you got Siphon Filter one and two with trophies. So the fact that I haven't platinum those games yet, or even played through them all the way, is more so a knock on me than Sony because they're putting out more than I can handle. They're also putting some great games on there. They put Vice City from the Definitive Edition on there again because that was on PS Now for a little while. And so I think it's great. I think they're adding more games than I could possibly play. So I have zero and games that I would love to play if I had the time. It's not like they're just putting a bunch of crap on there that I'll never touch anyways. They're putting games that are super interesting on there. Uh, So I think it's great. You know, I think both services realistically are excellent in what they put out there and the amount that they put out there. I don't think you can go wrong. Like not trying to choose a side. If you're a Game Pass subscriber or a PlayStation Premium Extra PPP subscriber, whatever, you can't go wrong. There's so much on there. You don't have to buy games anymore, which is a problem. Because I do believe that's what these subscriptions will do in the end is teach people not to buy their games. Um, But that's neither here nor there. You see what I'm saying? So like, yeah, sure. Um, there's plenty. I think it's great. Uh, I think there's something for everyone. And that's the way you have to look at it. Like, selfishly, I would love to go, well, there's no survival horror games on there. Where's my Silent Hill? Where's my Lone in the Dark? Where's my Resident Evil? But but that's not the way it works, you know? You have to put something on the, on the service for everybody. You have to hit scattershot, hit the whole the whole gamer landscape. So there's RPGs on there. There's open world action games on there. There's story based games on there. There's indie games on there. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, you can't go wrong with. So I think it's great. And so I would love to know what you guys think. I mean, I'd love for you guys to write into. I don't usually do this. I mean, every now and again we ask for feedback in the threads and in the Facebooks and the Discords and stuff, but. Since we're doing a little bit of video, we're trying to put a little more emphasis on the YouTube. Write in the comments. Let's know, let me know what you guys think of the two, two subscription services. I'm not asking you to debate which one's better. I'm asking what do you think of the one that you use. Okay? Ender writes in, and he says, with the digital-only future being inevitable, wallet, uh, for those of you who prefer physical, will you continue gaming in a digital-only age? I've been wrestling with this one a lot lately, Ender, because the rumor is the next PlayStation 5 coming out is going to be uh, have no disk drive, and they're going to sell a uh, an optional disk drive as a plug-in, which means we're doing what the PCs did. We're getting farther and farther away. Um, both consoles this, this generation came out with a diskless version. So, yes, we are moving to the digital-only future. Subscriptions are going to be the future. Shout out to Levi. He called this the when Game Pass first was announced. We're getting there. It's happening. Uh, will I continue to game? Yes. In a digital-only age, yes. Absolutely. Gaming is my thing. The only thing that would make me not game is if what I wanted didn't exist anymore. Okay. So, look for context, right now, I'm getting ready to have the year of dreams, the Resident Daryl year of dreams, 2023. It's going to be the greatest year in gaming for me. Here's why. 
In December 2022, we're going to get the Callisto Protocol, which is the spiritual successor and hopefully surpasser of the Dead Space franchise. All right, uh, created by Glenn Schofield, the original creator of Dead Space. This is going to be Dead Space on steroids. In January, we get the Dead Space remake. That video looks really good. Looks very promising that they're not botching it. They may still, but but here we go. All right. Then in March, we're getting Resident Evil 4 remake. Now again, I've only seen a little bit of screenshots, things that were spoiled for me because my I, again work was so effing insane this week that I couldn't watch the freaking conferences. But I'm going to watch them today. I'm going to record a special episode on it, and I'm super excited to see what all was unveiled in those conferences. But Resident Evil 4 Remake looks amazing. Looks absolutely amazing. Uh, Next week, actually, is the time of this recording. Next week, in just a few days, we're getting the Resident Evil Village Gold Edition, which comes with a third-person mode. There's a PlayStation demo online where you can play, I think, three hours of the game with in, in third person. Super Oh my gosh, you guys don't understand. So excited about that. And then you're get, we're getting the, the DLC for, for Rose and her story. So this is a big expansion. Okay. And then we're getting Reverse. Reverse is finally coming out. They got rid of the cell-shaded uh, look to it. It looks a little bit more like it's made in the RE engine. And looks crazy gory. It's going to be a multiplayer shooter. If you bought Village, you get it, you know, as, as, as a, you get it for free. It's cross-play across the the consoles and and everything. So I would love for the Loot Bros community to get together. Let's get a crew together. Let's platinum this game together. Okay, let's 100% this game together. I'm going to be playing it. I'm very excited about it, even if it's bad. Guys, even if it's bad, I'm playing this game, and I'm going in. I didn't didn't buckle down and play uh, the one that came out with the remakes. Uh, What's it called now? I can't remember now. It's the the it's not extinction. Is it extinction? Jeez. Resistance. Yeah. I didn't play resistance enough to get into a crew to platinum it. Now there's still time, but like that those servers are so dead. It's hard to get a, a team together. So I want to jump in on this one while it's hot and get in and play this one the same way I did Umbrella Core. Umbrella Core is not a great game, but I had so much fun with it. I got in with a crew of Resident Evil fans. We talk shop. We you know, uh, boosted and platinum the game together, and it was it was excellent. Eighty some hours of just being in a community of like minded people that had the same passion for the same franchise, and we we played our way through a game that wasn't great, and it was good. So, uh, will I continue? Ender, yes. Um, when they, I'll stop playing whenever they stop providing what I like. Okay, um, outside of the games I already listed, Alan Wake Two is coming out, the new Alone in the Dark is coming out, and then Silent Hill Two Remake. Uh, spearheaded by the Bloober team is coming out, which I told you guys, if you listen back to my uh, review of the medium on our Patreon, on our deep dive, I said that this game felt and played like a modern Silent Hill. I said I would love then, when that game came out, for Bloober team to to do Silent Hill. And here we go. So, Resident Daryl was right. I am so excited, guys. You have no idea. No freaking idea how, how thrilled I am to see that. Now, they they announced more Silent Hill stuff. All I saw was a graphic. I haven't seen any of the videos, even in the conference yet. So, I'm going to watch all that stuff today. And I'm going to report back to you guys on Patreon to give you my full thoughts, the breakdown, all that good stuff. Okay? I think that's 
that there's a couple like indie horror games and there's a, p- a few I've picked up recently on on PlayStation but there's so much survival horror coming out. We're getting ready to have the biggest wave of survival horror games like consistently of AAA quality that that I mean, since the early PlayStation 1 age when it was Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, Dino Crisis 1, Dino Crisis 2, we got um, we got Parasite Eve 1, Parasite Eve 2, Silent Hill 1, Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3. Like, we haven't had a rush like that in in years. In years. So, I am super, super excited. And survival horror fans, we're going to be eating real good next year. Okay? All right. So, CJ, he has the last question for this episode. He said, with Sodi being spanked by the Brazilian regulator for their quality... Call of Duty, Call of Duty, <laughs> Winge. Uh, do you think old franchise Jimmy Ryan uh, really believes his dummy spit would work? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and burn through the rest of this question. Why is it the UK is the only country uh, tipped to block the deal? Uh, as the UK has clearly bowed to the false prophet that is the fair label of them all, anti-ponies. Here's the thing. Jimmy Ryan, the franchise, worldwide, Jimmy Ryan, He's doing what he's got to do to buy time. He knows his deal's going through. It is not about blocking the deal, okay? The Brazilians, all right, they got the old Xbox going on. You know, they're not worried about, they weren't worried about the franchise, Jimmy Ryan. Now, over in, in the UK, all right, they they love, they're, they're all ponies there. I mean, it's basically, there's basically no Xbox over there. So, so Jimmy Ryan's at home. That's his people over there. But uh, what are they doing? They're, they're, they're playing the game. I don't think that anything that they're doing is really going to stop the deal. And honestly, I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> I'm ready for the deal to be over. Uh, what's going to happen? This is my prediction. We'll see. Uh, I think that all of the Call of Duty back catalog is going to Game Pass. Game Pass is going to be, pound for pound, the most dominant subscription service to ever exist across all all medium. All, all of it. It's going to be better than Netflix ever was. It's going to be better than Disney Plus ever wishes to be. Um, it's not hard to beat Peacock and Hulu and stuff like that because they're all we have. They're they're kind of trash. But when it comes down to it, PlayStation Plus Premium is not going to be able to compete with that. The Call of Duty back catalog. If you if you were to take just that, nothing else from the ABK deal. If you took just the Call of Duty back catalog, everything up to the most recent releases, and you put that on Game Pass, you have the Biggest range of highest selling games of all time on your subscription service. Why would you not, as a Call of Duty fan, go play on Xbox? And that's what Jimmy Ryan say. The franchise worldwide, Jimmy Ryan saying, "Hey, if you do this, you really do get really dangerously close to that monopoly because you have bought the number one and you put it on your platform." As a subscription service, we can't compete with that. There's nothing we own that can compete with that. There's nothing we can make that can compete with that. The only other, I mean, realistically, the only thing you could do is you could buy like, which they can't, but let's say for a hypothetical, they buy Fortnite, they bought Apex, and they bought League of Legends, and they put all that on PlayStation Plus. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing else out there like Call of Duty. Nothing sells like Call of Duty. Nothing retains its player base like Call of Duty. When it comes to physical game sales, you know, not to mention Call of Duty has Warzone. So if I was, you know, um, what's his face, Mr. Phil Spencer, 
I would be like, hey, let's put the whole back catalog on there. Sony's paying us for Call of Duty for the next three years. We told them we would extend that another three, four years. Okay? PlayStation says that's not good enough. They're not wrong. Because just because we have it, we can pay for it. We can pay for the marketing. We can pay for uh, exclusivity in the sense of map packs and DLC. And we can pay exclusivity when it comes to keeping it off of your, your Game Pass subscription. You still have, what, 20, 20 games that have a built-in fan base? How many, how many Call of Duty players go back and say, you know what? I'm playing the most recent one, but I'm still going to go back and play Black Ops. I'm still going to go back and play World at War. I'm still going to go back and play the other ones, you know, Modern Warfare. Because you always have the the sub-genres of Call of Duty fans that prefer their one lane. I like the Infinity War stuff. I'm going to go play Ghost. I like the Black Ops. I like the Treyarch, Treyarch games. Uh, really, well, I like the Sledgehammer Raven games. You know, every... And so, if you put all those in one place, okay, me... The guy who only buys Call of Duty every year, maybe a Madden or something. You've already got the EA deal. Now you've got, and that's built into Game Pass. And now you've got all the Call of Duties, at least from you know this this present year and and back. Why would I go spend seventy dollars to buy the new Call of Duty on my PlayStation when I can just go get me a Series S S, and for fifteen bucks a month I can play all the old Call of Duties with my friends until this one comes over. Like, it really is such a foolproof strategy that it will damage the other side. There is no denying that. Now, how big or how much damage that does, we don't know yet. Now, for me, someone who plays Call of Duty every single year, does that change where I buy my games? No. Does that make me go and subscribe to Game Pass? Not right now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm officially not subscribed to Game Pass. I think I've been clean for like three months. Four months away. Okay. And, you know, like this deal doesn't change me, but then you start adding in Diablo. You start adding in, you know, they own King. You could put Candy Crush on there. All right. You could put Candy Crush. You could put World of Warcraft on there, which I believe they will. I believe they're going to build in World of Warcraft to their platform, even if it's just the PC version. And I don't see why they wouldn't. Imagine this. Imagine playing World of Warcraft through the cloud on your tablet or your phone. I don't know how that would work, but like you're Microsoft. You've got the wallet and the people to figure it out. So you don't spend $70 billion and 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 not make power moves. These are astronomical power moves getting ready to happen. And there's a lot of things that are going to happen that we haven't even discussed yet in, in the, in the industry alone, not just here at loop Bros Cause we don't really tackle news all that much, but like all the other shows that are talking about this every single week, there's more going on here. There's things we haven't seen yet, guys. You got to remember the games we know about are often talked about, but what's in the pipeline. We don't know what the next big thing is. We don't know what the next, what the next call of duties are. What the plan is. We don't know what all the teams at ABK are doing. Activision, Blizzard, King. Okay? So, like, Microsoft didn't go in there. And the same reason, and, and guys, yeah, look at this, with PlayStation with Bungie. They didn't go in there to buy Destiny. They own Destiny now. Cool. They own Bungie now. Cool. But there, it's the pipeline, and it's the people. That's what they're buying. We don't know what else is coming. And it's obviously it was big enough for them to spend three point whatever billion dollars, and for Microsoft it was big enough to spend seventy billion dollars or sixty eight point nine or sixty nine whatever it ended up being. Okay, 
So what do I think old Jimmy Ryan's doing? I think he's buying time. I think that he's playing the game, you know, as a businessman. He's got to go do what businessmen do. I have to go, and I need to argue our point that this is not going to be good for us. And if you look, Xbox in the news is bending the knee, saying no matter what we do, no matter what we buy, PlayStation and Nintendo are always going to be dominant in this space. And to a point, that's true. Xbox has already has already given up the console space. They're not even they're they're not even trying. They've pivoted to subscriptions. So you're never going to outsell PlayStation and Nintendo when it comes to consoles. So what do they do? They pivoted. They say, okay, we'll make a console. We'll put it out there for the Xbox Hardcore. We're fine selling half as many as everyone else because we're going to sell twice as many subscriptions on top of it. And what's that? Oh, you want to you you can't just play on Xbox. Boom, we're going to put it on PC. Now we just open that up to millions and millions and millions. Oh, what's that? On your phone, boom, let's go with the cloud. We have the infrastructure. We have the wallet. We have we have the know-how. Let's go. What's that? We'll put an app on your TV. Oh, well, let's pa- partner with Logitech and let's let's stream it straight to their little to their little handheld. Like they're not done yet. You're soon. You're going to be able to play Call of Duty on anything. So, um, I think. That it's a, I think it's a crazy cool move, and I think with the Jimmy Ryan, the franchise worldwide, Jimmy Ryan, he's just doing his thing, buying time, hoping that with the next acquisition with with PlayStation will help. I think it's going to be a whole publisher. I don't think it's going to be a, a small team, and I think that you know they're trying to build up. I think the buying Bungie is them trying to build their Call of Duty, because the only way they're going to be able to fight back now is to compete in that space. And they have never done a good job competing in that space, as far as I'm concerned. I love Killzone. Love those games. Is Killzone Call of Duty? No. Not even on. Not even a drop in the bucket. Okay, I love the Resistance games. Was Resistance Call of Duty? Absolutely not. All right, I liked SOCOM. Was SOCOM Call of Duty? No. So, I don't know. I, I think that uh, Worldwide Jimmy Ryan, I mean, he might, he, might, he might go buy Brazil. I don't know. He might be able to say, you know what? I'll just buy you guys, and then you can just change your mind. I don't. We don't know how deep his pockets are. Okay. All right. So that is this week's uh, uh, question, community questions. Sorry, I botched a couple of them, guys. I copy and paste them over, and you know sometimes I don't do a good job at that. And also, I don't know how to read good. So, what I want to end this week's special podcast with is a little bit more game talk and then I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to quit boring you guys. I've already given you about an hour. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Kali's um for the YouTube version solely. I'm going to take the episode that Kali released in the in the in the podcast feed. I'm going to put that at the end with a static graphic. And then for the podcast, I'm just going to whip this one out. I'll whip it out and then you guys are going to get it right now. So if you listen into this today, the day I recorded it, you can go to the YouTube uh, later in the day. It's got to render. I got to do a little bit of editing, and then you'll have the full-on video version. So we're gonna try it out. I mean, if it's not good, it's not good. You guys, feel free to tell me. If it's not good, tell me. I'm, I'm, I'll totally be like, okay, cool. I'll turn my camera off. Okay. If it's something that, if you like seeing an actual human and not just a stupid graphic or a poorly made meme, then let me know. Okay. All right. So as far as game talk goes, to get out of here, what I wanted to do for this past week's podcast was I wanted to go around the table and talk with a team about the past three games they've been playing. Well, they're not here, and I've already done that. I've already talked about the games I've been playing. So what I want to do now is I actually want to head over to the Patreon, and I want to talk about Next Game Club, the Next Game Club. Okay, so what I did 
was I put out the list on the Patreon, and you can go to our Patreon, Loot Bros. It's the patreon.com slash. Well, you might have to actually search Loot Bros, because I don't think we're big enough to get our own URL yet. Okay? So, but on October 1st, at the beginning of the month, I posted the Loot Bros Game Club number three, and I put 10 or so uh, options on there. Now, we only have eight votes so far and there are more patrons subscribed than those eight and we have a bit of a tie so you guys need to jump in there if you want to change and sway uh this list so here's the list loot bros game club number three we got halo four man of medan death loop a plague tale requiem the evil within bug snacks ratchet and clank 2016 skyrim siphon filter and hitman Okay, now Hitman, you can play Hitman or Hitman 3 because you get all the Hitman games in it. So, whichever one you you decide. Now, if you're like, hey, this is the first time I've ever listened to this or first time I've ever paid attention, what makes it on the game club? How do you decide these things? Well, what we do is we go around. We have our podcast panel. So, you have me. You have Joe. You have Zach. You have Kali. Okay, those are the four main hosts. Okay, then we have um, Matt G., a good friend of the show who also is one of the hosts of the Loot Bros Driftcast, that monthly Nintendo podcast we do. And he often fills in on the show. Okay. Uh, Matt's a good guy. All right. And then we have uh, Josh Adams, co host of the Loot Bros Comic Cast, who occasionally fills in with us and does shows with us. So we have those six people come together and we pick, you know, three or four games a piece. And put them on a list. If there's any overlap, those automatically make it. And then we kind of weed it down to about 10 or so. But basically what we do is we try to have different styles of games so that there's a diverse list. Okay, so Halo being your big AAA action game. Man of Medan being a story-based, slightly spooky game. Okay, Deathloop, first-person action game, story-based. With the loop system, so you have like your little bit of your roguelike kind of thing going on. Plague Tale Requiem, you know, third person story based, uh, stealth with a little bit of action game. Buck Snacks, a little more family friendly game. Ratchet and Clank, third person action, family friendly as well. Skyrim, you guys asked for an RPG, we put Skyrim on there. Skyrim's had a lot of conversation in the groups lately and on the podcast. Not a single vote for Skyrim. Okay, I know JT, you wanted a JRPG on there, and maybe we'll put a JRPG on there next time. All right, Siphon Filter. Throwing a retro game in there. Siphon Filter and Ratchet and Clank 2016 are tied for the for the lead right now. Okay, guys. So right now we're either going to be playing Ratchet and Clank 2016 or we're going to be playing Siphon Filter. You can play the you can play the original PS1 version or you can play the PS Premium version with trophies. And then Hitman. All right. Now, once we finish up on November 3rd, the next game club, we're gonna choose and announce this game club. So you have a couple more days still from the time I record this and release it to go on there and vote. If you're not a patron and you want to vote, all you got to do is go on to Loot Bros Patreon, sign up. You can get involved at the $1 tier. Not only do you get extra episodes of the podcast, not only do you get early access to the monthly Driftcast and every episode of the Loot Bros Comic Cast, but you also get the special B-roll episodes that we do, the special one-off episodes that we do. Uh, myself and Tricky have been getting together and doing Super Loot Bros episodes, and so we've got a couple things in the can. We've been helping each other. I've been doing podcast uh, Patreon episodes with him. He's been doing Patreon episodes with me. All right? And then we have the voting rights for the monthly Game Club games. So get on there. 
Go in there and, and check it out. Get in there and do your voting. Do your thing. But right now, we have the three options we have are Deathloop, Ratchet and & Clank, and Siphon Filter. And it's a tie between Ratchet & Clank and Siphon Filter. So if you guys want to change that up, go in there. And then what we'll do is we'll do a brand new list. And, and this time... I won't bring any of them that are on this list for we'll make a break because because Halo and Hitman came back on and I'm always going to add a horror game on there. I mentioned uh, Evil Within earlier. Uh, I'm always going to try to put some kind of horror game in there. Maybe not always an action game. Maybe it'll be, you know, something else. But anyways, just kind of put it out there, guys. Go to the Patreon. Get involved. There are multiple tiers. There's other ways you can get involved. There's other content that we make. And we're making content, extra content, every single month. And we always give you more than you sign up for. Okay? So if you get on the $1 tier, you're guaranteed access to all of the past year's Super Loot Bros episodes. But you get one extra podcast a month. And they're usually more in the one-hour range, topic-based, not the scattershot of nonsense like we normally do. But we always give you extra, you know, and then I, like, we throw in the drift cast, and we throw in the comic cast, and when I do a two, two, three, six, which I'll be doing a lot more of with these horror games, we throw those in there. You get early access to them before we throw them on their designated free feeds. So whether you're into comic books or you're into Nintendo, or you're into uh, horror stuff, you might not want those, but they're there as an extra bonus. And then again, like I said, we do something extra. We do like a B-roll. Every now and again, I'll do like a B-roll episode. And uh, I'm working on one right now. Typically, uh, the, all the nonsensical conversation before the show goes into the B-roll. And I'm working on building up another one now. So that's what you got, guys. So definitely check out the Patreon. We appreciate all of you guys that support us on Patreon. I hope that this hour that I put together here was decent for you guys. I need feedback. Let me know. Because if I don't get any feedback, I'm not going to do it again. All right. But if you guys are, are into it and you're digging it, and those of you guys who only watch on YouTube who never listen to us on the podcast feeds, leave a comment down below. Uh, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Help us build up our YouTube, all right, so that we can grow the, the podcast, grow the channel, grow the, the community, okay? And our goal is to get our YouTube to be big enough to where when we reach out for like maybe like a review copy of a game or something, that people go, oh, they're legit. People actually like them and they listen to them, and uh, and, then, and then maybe we can get some get some cool stuff. So like, and, and we don't do that often. We used to do that a lot. You know, we don't really do the review stuff that much anymore. But you know, every now and again, something pops up. Like there's a game I'm going to be reviewing for Proven Gamer coming out soon, and it's a horror game. I'm super excited about it. It's an indie horror game, and it's like you know what? Every now and again, having a YouTube, you know, or a social media platform and a place where you can show like an actual number that oh man okay yeah we'll, we'll throw a bone your way um it's not something that we we, want, we don't necessarily want to become this giant review channel but all growth is 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 positive we want to grow we want more people to listen to the show we want more people to interact and join the community but also every now and again we want to cash that growth in for you know an option to do something cool so i just want to shoot it straight throw that stuff out there appreciate you guys this has been the loot bros podcast and we're out of here
say there is no 